welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, and I have my Wicked Smart shirt on, you guys. Because <laughs> God knows I need a little help being smarter <laughs> than I am. So welcome to episode five of the Karen Kenny Show. You guys, wasn't episode four with my brother from another mother, Jordan David of Conscious Muscle. Wasn't that amazing? Oh my God, I love him so much. And we're definitely going to have him back for a part two because we have so much more to dive into. And if you haven't listened to it yet, you guys, you got to get your, go back, go back and check that sucker out. I guarantee you, you will not uh, regret it. It's so cool. And um, I want to jump in uh, episode five, just kind of touching on something from episode four. So here in episode five, I don't know, we're going to talk about what I like to call the messenger versus the message, right? And I made myself some notes over here. It's like the danger of putting people on pedestals and stuff like that, okay? That's going to be the hot beat. We're going to talk a little spirituality. We're going to talk a little storytelling. We're going to dive right in. But so I want to just kind of boop, 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 just rewind a little bit, you guys, to episode three, where I talked about meeting my first, like consciously, me being conscious of meeting my first spiritual teacher, Marianne Williamson. So when I told that story, right, obviously, if you go back and you hear it, you hear how excited I was, right? So one of the things that I do as a storyteller is I obviously try to tell the story from kind of a, what we would call in the Course of Miracles, above the battleground perspective. So I try to kind of like have a little witness consciousness and kind of stand outside of it, but, but to bring myself back into the experience so I can really explain um, my enthusiasm. Like I like to kind of immerse myself back into the moment, which means I kind of had to dive back into like my 20 20-something-year-old brain. <laughs> so you could probably tell from that uh, episode just how giddy I was and stuff about, like, oh, my God, she called me, and oh, my God, da 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 right? But here's the thing, you guys. This is, this is the important part, and this is the part that I'm talking today about messages versus the message and putting people on pedestals and all these things that we do sometimes when we kind of devalue, um, uh, we can dive into this a little bit later, when we devalue our own worth, and we start to kind of bow down at the feet who are just other humans and how that can get kind of fucking weird if we're not careful, okay? But here's the thing. Um, one of the greatest gifts of living closely um, with Marianne was that I also got to see her humanity. And this is what's fascinating because I've been in the yoga world for a really long time, right? And a lot of the yoga tradition was totally male-led. Like the dudes with the penises were the ones who were like running the show, passing down the wisdom, passing down the traditions. So you had a bunch of guys like coming over from the east to the west. And we started seeing people like, you know how um, 
like I jokingly, like the Pope, like how you kiss the ring. Like in a lot of like uh, Indian traditions, you basically bow down and literally kiss their feet or touch their feet um, in, in an act of like, you know, like her. her. Um, and that can get a little weird in that guru dynamic, right? It can get a little strange. And so one of the beautiful things about meeting Marianne and getting to actively watch her and witness her and live with her as I got to also see her humanity. And so I learned really early on about the dangers of like putting people up on pedestals. And it was really important because I got to see that he was a person who had a really powerful and divine message and yet she was still human, right? So we are all spiritual beings. Like God's not playing favorites. You know what I'm saying? We are all extensions of the divine. We're all equal. Now, we might not be equal in terms of skill sets, right? We all have different talents. Like, I can't pick up a guitar and make it sound like my sweet. You don't want, trust me, you do not want me picking up a guitar. But what I'm saying is we might have different skill sets, but baseline worth. Like, we did not come here to get our worth. We came in fully intact. We came in fully worthy. There's nothing we have to do here. There's no hustling to get our worth here. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, you already are fully worthy just because you are one of God's kids. But we forget this shit. And so what we do is we meet somebody that we admire or respect and we start building altars to them, right? We start worshiping them as idols. And that's a very dangerous thing. So one of the gifts of, like I'm saying, is meeting, meeting my spiritual teacher and getting to interact with her on a day-to-day -day basis is I got to see that you can still be a very impactful and powerful person with a message, but that the messenger still allows to like, you know, they have their own growing and stuff to do too. And I'm talking about myself, my yoga teachers, my spiritual teacher. I'm not just talking about Marianne. I'm talking about all of us, right? So you see it a lot. I see it a lot in the spiritual community, in the coaching community, in leadership community, right? We're all the little people who are paying the big money to go and like go to the Tony, Tony Robbins events and go to these events. And like, it's all designed, you guys, right? They're up on stages. It's higher. It's elevated. People are looking up and it's all like, oh, but that can be a very dangerous game that we play. So I just want to talk about this from a couple of different story points of view and also some of the spiritual kind of like nuggets that I walked away with. All right. So one of the first ones is um, when I, okay, when I was a little kid, um, I'll, tell the, I'll tell maybe the longer version of the Stephen King story, but here's, here's a little clip. When I was a little kid, right after my mother died, um, I always say we always had books in the house. I always had a library card. I always had access to books, right? So books like saved me. Books saved my life. Books gave me access to worlds and wisdom and things that wouldn't have otherwise been available to me. And so right after my mother died, I felt so alone, you guys. I, I felt like nobody understood me. I told you my family wasn't talking about it. It was like my mother just disappeared overnight. And I was really scared. I was really alone. I felt really misunderstood. I felt really isolated um, and just really scared, right? And so all of a sudden, one day, I come across this book called Firestarter by Stephen King. And Firestarter is about this little, get this, you guys, this is how I know spiritual team is on the job taking care of my ass since day one. But I find this book called Firestarter by Stephen King. It's about a 12-year-old girl, check that box, right? 12-year-old um, girl 
whose mother has just died. Oh, check that box. And she's like on the lamb. She's like on the run with her dad from this organization who is trying to capture them because she has special powers, right? What little kid doesn't want special powers? Check that box. And it's all about, she has the capability of like basically setting things on fire with her mind. Now, let me tell you something. After my mother died, I was fucking angry. I was really angry and I had no place to put that emotion. I had no safe place to say these things outside to another person. And so you know where I put them, you guys? I put them all inside myself. I dumped them right into my gut. Hello, can you say irritable bowel syndrome? Story for another day. But so when I find this book that talks about this 12-year-old girl named Charlie, okay, when I was a little kid, um, they used to call me, um, Mrs. Gilligan used to call me Harry because I was such a tomboy. So there were so many mockers that were just saying like, this book was for me. And this girl, right, she would just get angry and have a thought and she could like set the bad guys and, and the stuff on fire. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. So that book like saved me. Like Stephen King to this day is on my spiritual team. He's one of my heroes. And it's so fun because a mutual friend of ours recently told him on my behalf how much I loved him. They're like, hey, there's this chick from Lawrence who's a writer who loves you and she wants you to know. And so the message was passed on and I know that he got it and I was so excited. But here's the thing. So I'm obsessed with Stephen King from the time I'm like 12 on. And his book, Cujo, too, was also like a security blanket for me at another challenging time um, a couple of years after that. And I'll tell you, that's an incredible story. I'll tell you that story another day. Um, but so um, Stephen King, like, I'm obsessed with him. So now, fast forward, boop, I am a freshman at Boston University. And I find out that Stephen King is coming on campus to do a lecture, to do a talk, okay? And I couldn't afford a ticket. I couldn't afford to go. But it just so happens to be right around like the day of or the day before or the day after my birthday, right? October 4th. So 10-4, good buddy. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, like I can't believe that he's this close and I can't see him. And I was crushed, you guys. I was crushed. But so my friends are like, they felt bad for me. So they're like, all right, we'll, we'll go out to like the student union. We'll like get dinner. We'll all hang out. We'll get her a little cake. It'll make her happy. <laughs> My friends are so sweet. So we go into the building, you guys, on campus. And I'm walking down. All right, we get our seats or whatever. And then I'm like, I got to pee. So I, like, I get up to go to the bathroom. And as I walk down this long hallway, there's like a big meeting room, like a big room, right, to my left. And as I'm walking past it, I look in and I realize, oh my God, that's where Stephen King is right now. And so I like stop and I look and I shit you not, you guys, just as I'm standing there, who do I see but the man himself? Okay, Stephen King is wearing like faded Levi jeans, like these like bootish kind of things. He has on like an old beat up like army jacket. It's like this like army green jacket with like big pockets and stuff like that. And he kind of like, and I just stand there like I freeze. Like I am, I am like frozen. <laughs> and he just walks right past me. And I was like, oh, for those of you who are, who, who are not watching this, but who are listening to this, just imagine my mouth agape like looking like a crazy girl, <laughs> like standing there as like my hero, like walks past me because I also want to be a writer, right? So it's like, oh my God, literary God to me. So he walks past me, he goes into the men's room and I'm like, what am I going to do? Like I had to go to the bathroom too, but I'm like, I got to wait. 
Like, there's no way. If I go in that bathroom and he comes out and I miss him, I'll be so pissed. So I wait like a creepy little stalker <laughs> outside the men's room for Stephen King, you guys. So I just wait and wait and wait. And then all of a sudden, like the door swings open and out he comes. And I was just like, oh. Now, my friends are wondering, like, what's taking her so long, right? They want to, well, they're probably thinking irritable bowel, but they come to check on me. Like, one of my friends comes to check on me. Um, and so they're walking down the hallway, and I see Stephen King's, and, like, all these things are happening at the same time. Um, so it's like, pan out, screenwriting friends, pan out, right? <laughs> Point of view, like, whoo! And all of a sudden, I go up to Stephen King, and I'm like, Mr. King? And he's like, Yeah. And I, this is what I say to him, you guys. I go, oh my God, you're like God to me. I, I love you. Like, I love you. You're like God to me. And you guys, the look on his face, I was scaring the bejesus out of the King of Hara. Because <laughs> I was just like, so like, I couldn't believe it. And really what it was, you guys, is I was so grateful. I was so grateful that he had written those books and that they had helped me during one of the most difficult and hottest and challenging and lonely times of my life. And I just wanted to convey it to him. But clearly, um, I didn't really have the, uh, the words at that point to do it in a non-weirdo way because I'm a weirdo, right? So then I say this to him, like, you're like God to me. And he looks at me and he puts his hand on me and he's on my arm, very, you know, not in a creepy way, in a very nice way. And he says, I'm just a man. <sighs> like that was so powerful for many reasons, right? And I'll circle back to that. He says, I'm just a man. And I was like, oh my God, but you've changed my life. And again, he's just like, I'm just a man, but thank you. And then at that point, my friend comes up and she's standing there and she's one of the ones who organized the party. And of course, she, she has her camera with her, right? So he says, he sees me and he just says, would you like to take a picture? I was like, are you kidding me? This would be like the best thing that's ever, ever happened to me. So like we pose, he puts his arm around me like we're pals, like we're buds. She snaps the picture and I let him go and he goes back into the room and I am just gobsmacked. I'm just like, what the just happened? Did I just meet Stephen King? Okay. This is what happens next, you guys. Back in the day, this is back in the day when you had to take your film and go get it processed. There was no like one hour thing. There was no digital. So you would send it out, right? Like you would take it to the store 24, CVS or wherever you got your things like processed, right? The little Kodak shacks or whatever. And so it takes like whatever, four or five days a week, whatever. And she calls me back. My friend calls me back and I answer the phone and my, like I answer the phone and she's like, I got the pictures and I was like, oh my God, this is what she says, but they didn't come out. Oh, you guys, the pain and suffering. You have no idea how crushed, just how crushed I was that that, that picture of me and my hero didn't come out. But, right, great story. But I will say this. He and I now have a few mutual friends. I have a chapter in my book all about him <laughs> and how much I love him. And uh, one day, I just know, one day, Stephen King and I, we're going to meet. We're going to meet, but we're going to meet on different terms because I'm not, well, I'm always going to be a weirdo, but I'm not going to be as much as a weirdo because when he said that to me, I'm just a man. 
it was like, yes, what a smart thing to say to me. Because what it did on a few levels is, is he was helping me to not set um, him up for failure. Because one of the things that happens, you guys, is when we put people up on pedestals, when we put them up like way high up there, they have nowhere to go but down. They, they know themselves that they are human. Nobody knows better than them. I always say nobody knows better than us all the times that we've been maybe unkind or impatient or kind of a dick or lazy or whatever. We know the places where we have character flaws if we're willing to be honest about it and take a look at ourselves, right? So he was basically saying to me, like, I'm just a man. And what it did on two levels is one, is it helped me to set like set him up to not now, like if he was fallible, if he somehow in the future did something maybe where he made a mistake or whatever. And Stephen King went on to have some issues, right? If any of you who are fans and followed his career, right? He had some addiction issues. He had some drinking stuff. He had like a whole bunch of things. And so, yeah, very much. He was just a man. He was just a dude. Incredibly talented, like genius level, like some, some channeling, divine channeling comes through him in the form of words, right? We cannot doubt that. But he was just a dude. So he's helping me not to put him up on a pedestal. And then number two, when he says, I'm just a man, it was like, oh yeah. Well, if he's just a man and I'm just a girl and we're made of the same stuff, right? Maybe I too can be this famous or best-selling or successful or whatever writer too. So he took some of the kind of like, you know, that, that, um, you know, like that specialness out of it. Because that's what the ego loves to do, you guys. That ego loves to, loves to separate us by making us special. And it will try to make you special, like in an arrogant way, like I'm better than you. And then it will also try to make us special, like you're a piece of shit and you're not worthy, right? It's always trying to w find a way to separate. So that was a really powerful experience. And I can just say that later on, as I became a yoga teacher, right? And a spiritual teacher, you know, people tried to start doing that to me. Like people would call me Karen G, like that little J-I on the end, like Guru G, right? And I'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. I am nobody's guru. And what the word guru means is like, you know, the, the I will let the linguists or whatever argue over it, the people who do uh, Sanskrit and all that stuff ultimately argue over this. But the baseline is this. Guru means one who brings light to the darkness, one who brings wisdom to ignorance. And nobody is a greater guru, you guys, than you to yourself, to the divine coming through you. Your spiritual team is always in like communion with you. That part of your mind that has never left God, has never left um, your highest self, the love that you are, it's always in communion. You have access to the most powerful guru 24-7. You don't have to seek it outside yourself. So when people try to put me up on that pedestal, I'd be like, don't do that to me. Don't you fucking set me up to let you down because I am very much a human being. I know I'm a spiritual being, but I also know that I'm here in the illusion. I also know that I'm doing my own work. And Tim's story, like Tim's story, who's a great, great coach, and a spiritual uh, teacher in Los Angeles, he said this great thing one time. He said, um, when people are on their journey, as they're growing, you have to allow them to suck sometimes, <laughs> right? Which is me, the way I take that is like, you have to allow them to have their humanity, that they're gonna screw up, they're gonna make mistakes, right? And it gets very dangerous. Like think about the yoga world. I mean, there are many, many, many um, people who got a little like kooky with the power right? All these Westerners started like giving them 
way too much power, giving their own power away. And then they start these crazy little sex cults and they start abusing their power and, you know, having relations with people when they shouldn't, like really fucking inappropriate behavior. And this is what happens when we confuse the message with the messenger. And what I always say to people is this, good spiritual teachers, okay? Good spiritual mentors, good spiritual teachers, um, good coaches, anybody who like good priests, good therapists, whoever is in a position of power for helping, okay? So it's a broad thing. Um, we're all, like the spiritual traditions are pretty much all saying the same thing, right? And so what spiritual teachers should be doing is kind of pointing to what's being said. And what we're really doing if we're doing our job is pointing back to the inner teacher within you. We are pointing back to the, to the divine spark, that light that you are. You are the light of the world, of Course in Miracles says. So what we're pointing back to is that. But what happens with people, right, especially people who are scared or feel, feel, imagine themselves as, broken or wounded or a mess and all those things people love to call themselves. That's a show for another day. We'll talk about that and why we don't want to be doing that. Okay. But that's the experience of how we sometimes feel. And when somebody feels less than or unworthy or broken or scared or wounded or whatever, and that's how they're identifying. If they're identifying that way, instead of seeing themselves as a child of God, right? It's really easy to give your power away. So what they do is instead of looking at what the spiritual teacher is pointing to, is pointing at, which is really we should be pointing right back to you and saying you have everything you need within you, you have your own inner teacher, what people will sometimes do is they, they, they stop looking at what we're pointing at or to and they start looking at the pointer instead. So instead of falling in love with what we're pointing to, which is the divine truth of themselves, they fall in love with the pointer. They get distracted, right? It's like pointing up at the moon. It's like telling somebody, oh my God, look at the full moon tonight. And you're pointing at this glorious thing. And the person, instead of looking up, is just staring at you like, oh my God, look at them. They know so much. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm trying to show you the same thing that I know right now. You know what I mean? So you guys. You want to take a look in your life, especially if you're learning from other people, especially if you've invested in a coach, if you'd invested in some program, if you've gone to some like three-day event or five-day event or a one-day live event and people are up on the stage doing their thing. You know, A Course in Miracles says, and man, man, did I find this so impactful the first time I heard it. It's, I'm paraphrasing, right? But it basically says, reserve your awe for God. You guys, reserve your awe for God. So when I hear a brother or sister around me say, oh my God, I was in awe of them. Now, I'm not a dick. Like I'm, well, maybe some people might think I am. <laughs> but I don't just, I try not to just like ruin their groove and just like ruin their mood and blah, blah, blah. But when the opportunity is there, I will remind them, my brother and sister, they don't have anything that you don't already have. They might have a better PR team, they might have more money, and they definitely might have a greater skill set because they went first and they went before you and blah, 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 blah. But their worth and value as a human being, as a spiritual being, as a, like one of God's kids is equal. So we don't want to be giving our awe to our brothers and sisters. We can definitely 
definitely give them our reverence, our respect, our admiration. We can say you've inspired me. We can definitely take information from them and be influenced by them, but reserve your awe for the divine. Do you feel me? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Because that's really, really important. Because most times if you put somebody up on a pedestal, you guys, they have nowhere to go but to fall off the fucking thing, right? It's just like, oh, it's a pretty small space up here. And like, oh, and it becomes dangerous. And it's not fun. I, I, I've spent my whole career saying, you know, what I always say, like, I have the worst business model in the world, <laughs> spiritual mentor, because my whole business model is getting people to a place, is helping people to recognize that ultimately they don't need me. Like my job is to help people to come to understand their own value, to rewrite those stories, right? To transform those old stories into their glory and for them to see that they have always had got it their back. They've always had help at their side that within them, within them is the light of the world. They have everything they need. So it's like my job is to not create codependent, creepy relationships. I'm like, get off the teat. You know what I'm saying? I want you to be like, you know, starting to accept and stand in, you know, your own divinity, your own power. Like that's so important to me. All right. So Let's see, they're no different than us. Yes, I have these little notes over here for myself. Yeah, I think I hit all the things that I really wanted to talk about, you guys. So it's like, look, it's great to have people that you look up to. You know, it's like one of these things that, I always say this, like about Jesus, right? And I'm not like, when I talk about Jesus, you guys, I always say he's kind of like the cool older brother, <laughs> who had like great hair and all the best albums is what I would say. I always think like Jesus just went first. That's all. Jesus went first and showed us what's possible when what you keep choosing is love. Like that's it. Like Jesus like is the same as us, except that he had nothing else, right? He was not listening to ego right? He understood who he was. He was not confused about the fact that he was a child of God. And I'm not doing this from like a, like a religious point of view. I'm just saying he was an example of a brother, right? Who was also an extension of the divine, but he was not confused about who he was. He was not confused about who he was. He knew that he was son of God. And that's what we are all too. And so it's like, we can look up to, and I always say, I don't want to, like, I always, how do I say this? It's like, I want to not be like Jesus. Like, I want to be that. And I, what I mean by that is like, I don't mean like, I want to be like a dude. I mean, but I want to take on the qualities. I want to someday. Now, look, it's probably not going to happen in this lifetime, but I would love to take on that, that, man, that high level that high level ability to when you looked at another brother or sister, you saw nothing but the light within. You see beyond the screw-ups and the fuck-ups and the mistakes and the wounds and the, and the choices, right, that maybe weren't so great. And you, what you're doing is you're remembering, you're looking past the veil of separation, and you're seeing the light of the divine within them that's in all of us. Like, that is some, like, Dude, I get so excited when that is some superpower right there. Okay. And it's like Jesus is just a great example, but he also is just pointing to the truth. 
which is child of God. You were created to create the good, the beautiful, and the holy. That's why we're here. So when we see another brother or sister who is doing it, who is bringing it, who is being an incredible example, it should remind you like, oh yeah, it's not about making them special because they're the ones up on the stage or who wrote the book. We can buy their products. We can support them. We can shout out about them. We can share them. We can have respect and reverence and admiration for them. But do not forget that they are the same as you. We are all extensions of the divine. So I hope that's uh, like, I hope that's landing in you and that you get it. And you guys, it was this knowing, right? Obviously didn't get it when I was wicked young because I didn't see myself that way yet. I didn't understand who I really was yet. That's why like when Shakespeare says, know thyself to thine own self be true. We got to know ourselves, you guys. And it's because I had that information. Like I really like, look, and I got to be wicked clear because I always know there's going to be somebody who's listening, who's going to like twist this and misunderstand it. I'm not saying I'm Jesus Christ. I am saying the dude has some qualities that I know that I also possess. It's just that I probably need way more polishing, right? I still have ego attachments where my brother from the same mother, <laughs> I mean, technically, right? Right? Didn't. So uh, that's pretty cool. So what I was trying to say is, uh, sometimes I'll distract myself. What I was trying to say is this knowing of who I really am is what allowed me to be cool as a cucumber when I met Miss Oprah back here, right? So for those of you at home holding up this picture, right? I just got to meet her Boop! in uh, this past, uh, when was it? December, maybe November. And when I met her, it was like, oh yeah, like cool. This is Oprah. And it was wicked exciting for me because it had been on my bucket list since the woman first came on TV in the 80s. I'd been watching her for a gazillion years. And I was always like, I want to meet her. I want to be a book love. I want to go on her show. Like blah, 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 blah. And just I loved, 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 loved what she was putting into the world. Right? But then when I met her face to face, I had this recognition of like, oh, yeah, it's Oprah. Which was wicked cool. But I didn't have to do this weird like, you know, putting her up on a pedestal. I was like flesh and bones. Like, this is my sister. Like, this is my sister. And we had a great little connection. It was so cool. But I also, because I wasn't being like, oh my God, it's Oprah, <laughs> right? Because I was just like, oh yeah, I was recognizing her light and her brilliance. But I also got, we're cut from the same cloth. Like, we come from the same place, right? We have a heartbeat that beats together, you guys. We are all connected. We are all connected. So that was really cool. Great. I'm going to tell you that whole story another day. So you guys, I hope some part of this was helpful, right? I hope some part of this was helpful and it's helping you to start to see yourself a little bit differently, right? And it also is helpful to think about it this way. Like we want to be thinking about what the message is versus falling in love with the messenger because we can look at a lot of cases and we don't have enough time for it right now right it's like how do we separate the artist from the at how do we separate the messenger from the message because the messengers and the artists are likely going to be fallible or screwed up in some way right they're inevitably probably going to let us down but what they're trying to point at what they're trying to get at what they're trying to get us to recognize 
right? Whether it's their beautiful music or their beautiful words or their art or their poetry or their spiritual teachings, whatever it is. It's like we don't always, um, come on, there's exceptions, right? But we don't always have to like throw out the bathwater with the baby or the baby with the bathwater. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say, right? So we want to get wicked clear about the value of a message. Like the message stays true even if the person who delivered it was just clumsy or they screwed up or whatever. So let's get really clear about where we're putting, right? Where we're putting that awe. I reserve my awe for God, but I have a lot of respect for my brothers and sisters, a lot of love for my brothers and sisters, right? And I recognize that we're all one. We might not have the same skill sets and talents and stuff like that. That's what makes it wicked cool. But down at the core, we are all worthy. Nobody is more worthy than another. We are all here to be the light of the world. So you guys, I hope you got something from this episode. Um, leave a, a, a like, go to, go, like if you go to the iTunes, <laughs> if you could go and subscribe there, that would be amazing. Leave a review, that'd be amazing. Like the thing or whatever, that would be great. But find me also on social media somewhere. First of all, I'd love to stay connected right? I'm up here. Like when I do these solo shows, I'm up here in my little closet being a weirdo, like talking to myself. So it's really nice to know that, Hey, I listened and this is what I loved. And I have a question about this. I love to hear your feedback, right? I love to hear one when something that I shared from my heart somehow landed in your heart. I, I love to hear that. So do that. If you feel like that would be great. And if you're interested and learning more, I know I talk a lot about like the work that I do, uh, the spiritual mentoring stuff. And if you're ever interested in finding out more, how we can work together one-to-one, -to -one, and you guys, I only work with people who are legit, like who are serious, who are ready to do the work. There's no pussyfooting around. It's like when you're ready to transform your story to your glory, I'm your girl. Like, let's do this, okay? So you just go to karenkenny.com <laughs> backslash breakthrough, right? And we'll get your breakthrough started. I would be honored, honored, honored to work with you guys. Okay. I see you. I celebrate you. I love you. Wherever you go, wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Thanks so much, you guys. Bye. guys thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the karen kenny show <laughs> i super duper appreciate your time friendship and support and look if something that i shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours i'd love to hear about it so please tag me on facebook or instagram or ig stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. -E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you wanna hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>